الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الف لام م ذلك الكتاب لا ريب فيه موسٹریڈ the journey of moving on to try and get closer to allah taala which is the object and purpose of our existence on earth to recognize allah tabaraka wa taala to serve him obey him and that which is our purpose of existence on earth that is our purpose for coming to madrasa that how we can learn how to get closer to allah taala that how can we learn what will take us closer to him how can we learn what will bring about that obedience in our lives that we live our lives in a way that allah taala becomes pleased with us because that is the ultimate what is dawanum min allah akbar the pleasure of allah taala be attained if allah taala is pleased then we have everything if allah taala is displeased then we have nothing the one couplet of our hazrat wala rahmatullah alay ik tu mera to sab mera falak mera zameen meri ya allah if you are mine then everything is mine the heavens are mine and the earth is mine and ek tu nahi mera to koi shay nahi meri allah if you are not mine there is nothing that is mine so what it means is that if we have the pleasure of allah taala then allah taala will make everything favorable for us and if we displease allah taala then everything will work against us so therefore we have to be forever vigilant that we are pleasing allah taala externally internally in every way whether we are in public whether we are in private whether we are at madrasa whether we are at home whether it is holiday time whether it is madrasa time anyway and everywhere our primary concern is how to please allah taala so that is what we have to be focusing on nevertheless what we would normally do or would normally discuss at the beginning of a year that is a few things that we would just revise today these are things which you have heard repeatedly these are things which you will keep hearing and these are very fundamental things that we have to constantly refresh in our minds and hearts and we have to keep reminding ourselves and reminding others one is the aspect of intention why are we here 
It's very easy to say intention. I've corrected my intention. Very easy to say it. My intention is sincere. But it's something to look deep down within ourselves. That what is my purpose and intention for being in Madrasa? Is it just because I have to be here? I have no option. I have to be out of the house. It's going to be boring inside the house. I can't be sitting at home and doing nothing. Because that's how the mindset has now developed. That if I'm going to be sitting at home, then I'm wasting my life. These are the words which many people sometimes write. Whereas in the Quran Sharif, this is what has been commanded to the woman. That remain firmly within your homes. So it is out of necessity only that we have to now come out of the home to acquire this dini talim. Had the arrangements been possible in the home, then this would not have been neither necessary and nor even correct to now make this arrangement outside the home. It is only because of the sheer necessity that this arrangement has to be made. And whatever else goes along with it, within the limits of Sharia have to be done. So in principle, this is where the actual thing was that we should have been in our homes. But out of this need, we have now come out. But the intention, what is our intention? Is our intention that because I have to come out, come what may, because of that I have to come out, and I have to do something, that something means what? So now people end up in universities also. They also say, no, I can't be sitting at home. I have to make a life. I have to do something. I have to be constructive. Now in that process, being constructive in terms of what? What is the definition of being constructive in our context? The, contact, the context of this constructive is normally the context of the West. What they mean by constructive. That constructive has actually been very, very destructive. Their constructive is that every person, every woman, like every man, every woman also must be out in the workplace. She must also have a career. She must also be somebody who is advancing in the various fields of life outside the home. She must also be in the forefront of politics. She must be in the forefront of medicine. And she must be in the forefront of engineering and law and whatever else. So, that is the constructive, so-called constructive in inverted commas, mindset of the West. But that has been extremely destructive. It has destroyed the foundation of the family. It has left the home without that mother at home who brought up the next generation in a way that they were leaders. It destroyed that family system because now everybody has to be doing everything outside. So now when everybody comes home, who is there to take care of the system of the home? That the children are now given the due attention that they should be given. They are being given the due guidance that they should be given. They are being given the affection that is necessary. Because now everybody is too tired. The mother is also too tired. Everybody is too tired. So wherever this western lifestyle has been adopted, the same problems that the west are already facing from a long time, those same problems are now becoming our problems as well.
So the thing is that Allah Ta'ala has given us a perfect system through Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And that perfect system is that the responsibility of the man is to take care of all the things outside the house. The responsibility of the woman is to take care of the things within the home. This is the distribution of duties that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did when Hazrat Fatima Ta'ala got married. So in any case, that, that was something that is a point on its own, a discussion on its own. Here we were discussing is that what is our purpose, what is our intention? Is our intention that I have to come out of the house, that's why I am here? Then that is a wrong intention. It's not because I have to come out. Or is it that because, well, the high school and the university environment is not conducive, so now this is an alternative. So it's just because I cannot be there, that is why now I got to be here. That too is not the right intention. This is not just something to now pass time because I don't have, or I shouldn't be in that university environment. So merely as an alternative to that, I have to be out doing something. So then this too is something that is missing the point. Whether that university environment was existing or not, whether that high school existed or not, in principle, we have to learn how to become the true servants of Allah Ta'ala. We have to acquire the correct values of Iman. We have to become honest and upright people. We have to deal with everybody with akhlaq, with the correct character, in a way that Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased. We have to deal in terms of monetary dealings in a fair and just way according to Shariat. And we have to do everything that is necessary in terms of the Quran and Sunnah. Now, this is what's going to take us closer to Allah Ta'ala. This is what's going to be making us the true servants of Allah Ta'ala. This is what will acquire us the love of Allah Ta'ala. Now, how to get onto this road? How to become very enthusiastic, very eager to move in this direction? Unfortunately, we are always very eager for the aspects of dunya. Very eager to be doing things that will give us some kind of so-called fun and excitement in terms of dunya. But in terms of deen, it's often the other way around. Not all the time, obviously. And not everybody either. But in many cases, and each one we know ourselves, it is often the other way around. Hazrat Bayezid Bustami Rahmatullah very great saint, very great personality. There's a very long story about his childhood and how he grew up, etc. Nevertheless, just for our benefit, the Bayezid Bustami Rahmatullah he was an orphan. His father passed away while he was still a little child. And as he grew up, he might have been six, seven years old, and his mother was very concerned that if my child is not going to be now put in somebody's guidance, direction, somebody's care, who will be able to teach him and guide him correctly, then he's going to get caught up in all kinds of wrong company, all kinds of wrong friends, and this is going to be his destruction. So there was a very pious personality at that time, 
she brought him to this person, person who was an ustad and a murabbi and he, she said to him that look I've brought my child please I've come to leave this child with you so that you may teach him you may bring him up in a way that he will grow up to be a true Muslim and he will learn deen from you as well so this ustad accepted that like a kind of boarding situation then as she was leaving she said one more thing she said please I have one more request I want you to give me an undertaking that if my son requests to come home because he's a child he's going to start missing home you will not send him home until and unless you are satisfied that he has now been made in those days it was not just learning some theory that was all that a person now by hearted some things and learned some things and can say a lot of things so that's fine no, it was a very different thing it was when the person had imbibed all these qualities the person started living all these qualities that is when the person was regarded as having been made until my child is not made you will not send him home so start accepted it well and good he returned, she went away home, this child was left with the Ustad. Some time passed, might have been weeks, it might have been months, and he started really missing home, missing his mother, he's an orphan child. So he came to the Ustad and said that, I want to go home for one day, please give me permission. Now on the one hand, the Ustad remembered the undertaking that he had given the mother of this child, on the other hand, he was finding it very hard to say no just like that because now a little child, what a good-natured child doing his work and an orphan and just to say no, he couldn't have, he didn't have the heart to do that. So he thought of going around it. What he said is, okay, look, you want to go home, fine, but I will first give you some work which you have to learn. If you learn all that work, you can go. So he gave him now the new work which he must now give that work by the evening. If he gives it by the evening, he may go. He gave him so much of work to learn that later on by the evening, it will take him a couple of days to learn it. The Ustad felt quite sure that now neither will he manage to learn this work nor will I have to now break the or go against the undertaking I had given and I would have to say no from my side. This child came to his place and in his own corner or in his own private space there he turned in dua to Allah Ta'ala that Ya Allah you are the controller you are the doer my mother also taught me my ustad also taught me that everything is in your control anything is possible that you can whatever you make possible anything can become possible Ya Allah this work I cannot learn in this time, I won't be able to learn it in a few days also. But if you make it possible, it will happen. Ya Allah, I want to go home, I want to see my mother. Ya Allah, you make it possible. And he made dua, he cried to Allah Ta'ala. And then he started learning. And that sincerity with which he made that dua, that depth from the heart, that masoom child, Allah Ta'ala accepted his dua. And by that evening, he learned all that work came to the Ustad, the Ustad said, you learnt it very well, come, he was sure he didn't know it, or he couldn't know it, this child started giving all that sabak, 
and without any mistake, without any hesitation, when he had completed it, the Ustad was now helpless. He couldn't now go against his word. So he told him very well, you asked for leave for one day, please ensure you are back by tomorrow. The child left. Now he is going home and he is very happy, he is excited. Every step he is taking, that excitement is growing. After so many weeks or months, he is now going home and he's going to see his mother, he's an orphan child, and now he's look, thinking of all the things in his mind when he gets home, how his mother will now embrace him, how she will be so excited herself, she will bring some food for him, what not might have been going through his mind. And now he comes in all this excitement, finally he reaches home, which was a, some distance away, he comes home, and he reaches the door, he knocks on the door, there was no answer, so he calls out for his mother, calls out once, calls out twice, calls out even louder the third time. When he calls out for the third time, so from inside the house he can hear a stern voice, that who is it? So he replies and says, Bayezid. So he says, again in a very stern and a very strong voice, which Bayezid? So he replies again in that extreme excitement of his, that love of his, Bayezid, your Bayezid. This is, I am your Bayezid that has come. Your son, your child. So the mother very, very sternly from inside replies and she says, this cannot be my Bayezid. My Bayezid I take an undertaking from the Ustad that he will not send him till he is made. So this cannot be my Bayezid. And if you are my Bayezid, you go back to where you come, came from. Now, this child was obviously heartbroken, but I think that the mother was even more heartbroken than the child. But she didn't let it be known. She was, would perhaps have cried after the child left more than the child also. But she had a vision. She had something in mind that I will sacrifice my own feelings. I will sacrifice seeing the tears of my child also now. But there is a very great benefit that will come out of all this. So therefore, she tolerated that. She undertook that pain on her heart. And on this side, this child was obviously shattered. He was heartbroken. He was disappointed. But he realized that this is not going to change. My mother is not going to open this door. And I'm going to have to return where I came from, go back to the Ustad. So he took a U-turn and crying profusely, broken hearted, he finally came back to his madrasa. When he came back, the Ustad was there, the Ustad saw him and the Ustad was absolutely surprised that you had taken leave to go for the day and you are already back. So in his tears he explained that this is what happened, I went in all this excitement and I knocked on the door and this is what the response of my mother was. So thereafter he, the Ustad asked him, that, tell me one question I'm asking you, that did you get upset with your mother? Your mother did not open the door, she did not allow you in, she sent you back, did you become upset with her, are you angry with her? Are you upset with your mother? So this little child, he replied and said that, I am disappointed. I was very heartbroken. I was very disappointed. But I wasn't upset. Alhamdulillah, this is your training that I was not upset. In other words, I 
One is to be hurt, the other is to be angry. To be hurt, if somebody is hurt, that's human nature, that is a human feeling. To be angry is something else, that is a negative emotion. And to be hurt is a natural emotion. If something hurtful takes place, that a person, for example, expected something and it didn't work out, so a person will be hurt by that, because what was expected didn't happen. So he expected to go somewhere, and it didn't happen, so you'll feel hurt, but you will be mentally happy also in the sense that there's some good in this, maybe there's some khair I got saved from some calamity, I got saved from some problem that could have happened. So on the one side you hurt, on the other side you are mentally content also. So you're not angry about anything. So likewise, he said, look, I was disappointed, but alhamdulillah, I was not hurt. And then this child says to the Ustad, Ustad, look, I'm a child. From time to time, I will think of my mother. And I will want to go home. But I am now saying that any time I come to request this leave, please don't give me the leave. Ustad said, very well. And eventually, when time passed, this child stayed in that Ustad's company, continuously learning from him, being trained by him. For how long? Some historians write, for 16 years. 16 years he didn't see his house, he didn't see his mother. And more than what he might have been yearning to see his mother, his mother might have been yearning to see him. But she sacrificed this, she tolerated it, because she had a vision. My child must get the best in terms of getting close to Allah Ta'ala. Eventually the Ustad it was opened out to him that what is the maqam and what is the position and status of this child, that the flag of the awliya have been, has been put into his hand by means of a dream or whatever it was. And he then called him and he said, look, your work has now been achieved. You may now move, you may go back, you may see your mother and you may serve deen. And he became known as Sultanul Arifin. In that very young age, Sultanul Arifin, he became the leader and the Imam of the Awliya. Now this is one incident about his childhood and his early stage. But what we learn from here is, though this was not the topic, but in any case this came to mind now. And inshallah Allah Ta'ala put some khair in this. That there's so many lessons in it for us. That if we want to achieve something, it will not happen by just sitting back. We will have to work for it. And to achieve something requires sacrifices. And to achieve things of dunya, when the sacrifices have to be made for dunya, whereas this dunya is so feeble, today it's here, today it's gone sometimes, one day it's going to definitely be left behind. So how much sacrifice would be required for akhirat? And those who make the sacrifices, Allah Ta'ala then blesses them. And they understood the reality of this world. That is why this sacrifice became very easy for them. They weren't chasing fun. They weren't chasing entertainment. They were ready to sacrifice for Allah Ta'ala. And this child made that sacrifice. Can you imagine a little child saying that even if I come to ask for leave, don't give me leave. But now, what actually the, the incident of his that we meant to discuss, coming to that incident, that one day, 
it was tahajjud time and he felt a bit lazy which was not the case normally he would wake up immediately at the time of tahajjud and proceed to perform tahajjud but that day he felt a little lazy so he began delaying began delaying a little bit more there was still a lot of time left but just now just now then suddenly he felt thirsty felt quite thirsty so immediately woke up and came to drink water wherever the water might have been kept so he woke up from his bed and immediately came to the water wherever the water might might be in some jug or some jar or whatever the case is when he got there it suddenly struck him now this is not something that was farz tahajjud is not farz this is nafil but he addressed himself there was a time to worship Allah Ta'ala. You were so sluggish and so slow at that. You didn't want to get there on the turn. Very sluggish. Dragging your feet. Not waking up immediately. Not being eager to suddenly just wake up and move. So for the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala, you are so sluggish. But for your own need, for your thirst, you were very, very quick. So now he addressed his nafs. That for your own thirst you are very quick. But for the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala you are very sluggish. Then you now can keep dragging it, keep wasting time. So therefore now you need to be punished. He's talking to his nafs. You need to be punished. Now these were people who understood the reality. They knew that these things will not come by just merely wishing for it. You'll have to now make an effort for it. And part of that effort is if something that should be inculcated is not coming in one's life, if something that should be removed is still sticking in there, is not coming out of one's life, then it will have to be, one will have to put pressure on oneself to get the right thing done, to remove the evils. There will have to be some kind of force on the nafs. And how will that happen? By punishing the nafs. Now what he did was of a very high caliber. We shouldn't try to do any such thing. But we should take the lesson out of it that what he did was he punished himself he said to himself that now for one year because he woke up out of his bed and came quickly for water he said to himself for one year you are not going to drink water saying to himself for one year you are not going to drink water now obviously a person will be hot some days he will get thirsty water is an essential thing but now he made this took this undertaking he made this undertaking upon himself that I am not going to drink water for one year why this nafs was so eager for its water but was so sluggish for the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala then after a short while passed maybe a day or whatever it might have been then he thought to himself that what a kind of undertaking I have taken this is not normally humanly possible that a person can stay away from water for a whole year but now he thought to himself that I have already made this promise to myself and this is in order to discipline this nafs so now I don't want to break this also just like that but I need to now turn to Allah Ta'ala to make this possible for me because normally it's not possible so he started making a lot of dua and Allah Ta'ala made that possible for him that for that whole year he didn't drink water now it could not have been very easy but Allah Ta'ala made it possible and it didn't become a critical situation at any time. 
Had it become like a critical situation, he would have drank the water. But it had never become like that. There might have been some difficulty, but never became a situation that endangered his life or health. But what lesson we learn in this? The lesson that they could not tolerate being sluggish, being slow, delaying, even in their nawafil. It's a nafil salah. But delaying that nafil salah on its time, which was a normal practice that he had, being a bit sluggish and slow with regards to the nafil, that too was something which he felt was a major crime, and he disciplined himself, punished himself, to get that in order, that I must not be sluggish, I must not be slow, in terms of my ibadat. Now this is nafil. So can we imagine what concern, what care he might have taken regarding his faraiz, the farsala, other necessary things. Now this is what we have come to madrasa to learn. To bring this kind of drive in us, that we are forever eager to fulfill the commands of Allah Ta'ala without hesitation in all aspects of life. Whether it is our ibadat, we are no more sluggish, we are no more slow, we are not trying to delay, we are not trying to drag the time, we are not trying to duck out of the things that will motivate us. For example, now there is the talim of the fazail that takes place. So now how we can just try and duck out of this thing? How we can try and avoid it? Now, whereas that is the thing that will keep this engine going forward, keep it moving, because of fazail, if we listen with the right intention, we listen attentively with the intention of changing our hearts for the better, with the intention of inculcating the qualities of iman within ourselves, with the intention of bringing the total obedience of Allah Ta'ala in our lives, of bringing the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, whatever the subject matter might be there that is read, but we have this objective in our hearts, to please Allah Ta'ala, to get closer to Him, to bring the right qualities in our hearts, to bring the enthusiasm and the eagerness for amal in our hearts, then inshallah this will become a means for that. So now, we won't be sluggish then in our ibadat, we won't be trying to delay we won't be trying to drag it. As soon as it's time, we are first. Whether it's at home, whether it's in madrasa, we are first. Now this is the thing that we need to now bring to our consciousness. Whenever, daily we have to remind ourselves, this is what I've come to madrasa for. This is why I'm in madrasa. I'm not here because I have no other option. I'm not here because I didn't want to be in school. Or my parents didn't want me to be in school in public schools. I'm not here because I have to be out of the house, because otherwise I'll be bored at home. We get bored because we don't have the taluk with Allah Ta'ala in terms of what our day-to-day amal should be. We have time for everything else, but we have minimal or no time for our tasbihat, for our tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, for reading some authentic and good Islamic books which we have been given mashwara to read. And to make khidmat obviously, at home especially, to be engaged in khidmat. Now these are the things that will now enhance the beauty of a person. The beauty of a person is enhanced by qualities. It's not enhanced by brand labels. 
because I'm wearing Sharqiya and Gharbiya and whatever other, Junubiya and Afriqiya and so on. All that doesn't make anybody anything. That is all just shows that this person still doesn't have true value for real values. So the person is giving importance to external values. So the person who has true value for inner values, that person doesn't pay attention to all these things. In fact, the person shuns it. Because these things now look too superficial. It's like, imagine that a little child, that child gets some enjoyment out of playing with toys. Small, small toys, all kinds of little tea sets and what not. Now, some of those things are, mashallah, they look very nice, very attractive. But now it's attractive on the child's level. Now imagine one grown-up person, she's 17 years old, 18 years old, 20 years old, 30 years old. She's now keeping some tea sets, small, small, those toy tea sets, some little other toy things. What will somebody say about her? Everybody, out of compassion, they'll get together, they'll make a collection, they'll give people some targheeb and they will make a collection for her, they'll ask people to please contribute and they'll all put that money together and in a nice way they will tell somebody please accept this money on her behalf from us and now you make some arrangements for her treatment. Something is not right with her. So maybe she cannot afford the psychiatric treatment. So now you take her and please get this treatment sorted out. She's now grown up. She's 25, 30 years old, 17 years old, 18 years old. And now she's playing with these little children's tea sets and she's playing with this small little funny handbags and all kinds of... And the child is playing with it. The child looks nice playing with it too because the child, that's a child's level now. The child now is playing with that all those ornaments, small, small, little, funny things. But for the child, it's fine. But now when this grown-up person, when she's playing with all these things, what will we say? So likewise, the person who has grown up in Iman, the person who has grown up in the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, the person who has grown up in the reality of Akhirat, meaning in that consciousness, that, that consciousness has grown within the person. The person who has grown up in terms of the reality of dunya, that this is just a passing phase. This is just a journey that we are on. This is not our abode. The person who has grown up in what is true value of iman, of taqwa, of tawakkul, especially of haya, of haya, of haya, of simplicity, of not wanting to be showing out, showing off and boasting, of not, of being clean of pride, of being clean of boastfulness, of arrogance. Now, in the person who has brought that in their hearts and lives, they are conscious of this, they have grown up in all this now. They are no more that child now. They have grown up in the sifat, in terms of the qualities of iman. They have grown up in terms of what Allah Ta'ala wants from them. Then all these brand labels and all these tiles and all this looks like, let alone the children's toys, but rather 
how the child sometimes plays with dirt and filth and mud and all that, and the parents have to quickly run and catch the child and save him from that. Now where are you putting your hand in all this? Likewise, this person will feel all these brands and all these things like that filth and dirt. Because all this is meant to create a dunya mindset. All this is designed to create a attachment to the world and make the world the be-all and end-all. It's meant to create negative values, values of boasting, values of showing off, values of competing in, in material things with others. These are the things that this is meant to create. It's meant to create discontent, because all the time the person is going to be looking at what somebody else has, that person got something further, now I also have to have it. And that person doesn't have it, then now I'm depressed. If I don't have what that person has, I'm depressed. So now this is what all this, this western creations are all meant to create, this discontent, then a person will have one dozen, forget one dozen, ten dozen shoes, half of it might not have been worn more than once, but then if something new came, I need that also. With ten dozen ty- kind of dresses and garments and whatever else, because now I wore it once now, at that occasion it can never be worn at another occasion now. So now what is this? This is all showing off. And where is this all stemming from? From this western lifestyle. We have come to Madrasa to learn what is the Imani lifestyle. We have come to learn what is the Sunnah lifestyle. And in this way, we have come to learn how to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. In all the qualities of Iman, in all the aspects of life. And in this way we will make our life in dunya also a pleasure. And the real thing is the akhirat. And in the akhirat is what Allah Ta'ala says in a hadith Qudsi, which Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam relates, that Allah Ta'ala says that I have prepared for my pious servants in, the, in Jannat, مَا لَا عَيْنٌ رَأَتْ وَلَا أُذُنٌ سَمِعَتْ وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَى قَلْبِ بَشَرْ أَوْ كَمَا قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى That I have prepared for my pious servants what no eye has seen, no ear has heard of, and which no heart can even conceive. So this is the lesson that what we have come to Madrasa for, we need to now refresh our intention regularly. I'm not here just for passing time. I'm not here to become some carrier person. I'm not here because I don't have any other option that now I have to be out of the house somewhere. And because I have to be out, so now... I can't be in high school because of whatever goes on there and I can't be in university so now this is my option. No, then we have missed the point. We have to now clear our minds and hearts of all those things and bring in our mind and heart that I've come solely for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. I've come to learn how to become the true servant of Allah Ta'ala. I've learned to inculcate in my heart and in my life the qualities of Iman and Till my last breath, how can I be totally subservient and obedient to Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala? This is what I've come to learn. How to be very enthusiastic about my ibadat, not to be sluggish anymore, not to be slow and delaying in things, not to be caught up in this glitter and glamour of all these fancy things around us, but to be looking at what is going to please Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, what is going to bring us closer to Allah Ta'ala, closer to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk. Anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. 
جز اللہ عنہ نبینا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بما ہو اہل ربنا غلمنا انفسنا و علم تخفل لنا و ترحمنا لنکونن من الخاسرین رب اخفر و ارحم و عفو و تکرم و تجاوز عما تعلم انک انت العاز الاکرم اللہم افتح لنا بالخیر و اختم لنا بالخیر و جعل عواقب امورنا بالخیر بیدک الخیر انک علا کل شئن قدیر اللہم انہا نسألک من خیر ما سألک منہ نبیوک و حبیبک سیدنا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم و نعوذ بک من شر مستعاذک منہ نبیوک و حبیبک سیدنا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم انت المستعان و علیک البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين